Before we can move forward, before we can heal, we must tell the truth. This is Truth Telling with me, Lydia Thorpe. I'm a proud Japarung Gunai Gunditjmara woman. I'm a human rights, climate and forest activist, a mum, a grandmum, and a survivor of family violence. Now I'm your Greens Senator for Victoria. This is a place to listen, stay open and learn as I yarn with First Nations, elders, experts and activists about the injustices facing our people and importantly, the solutions and opportunities that can come from self-determination through the right policy. You've just heard a song from the deadly Jiri Jiris, Wurundjeri women who dance and sing on country for country. This interview and all interviews will take place on Wurundjeri country, the unceded sovereign lands of Wurundjeri and the Kulin Nation. Oh, it's good to be with you uh, here in, uh, in Treasury Place, in, uh, in a parliamentary building. I'm wrapped, Lydia, to be in your office. <laughs> Deadly Uncle Jack, and it's really an honour and a privilege to have you here. I always love having a good yarn with you, and um, yeah, we'll just yarn an earlier, hey, and thought about how long you've known me, and it's yeah. basically... Since the day I was born yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Uh, back in 1973 at the mm. Victorian Aboriginal Health Service. Mm. So, Uncle Jack, I'm just going to do an intro and let people know that not only that you're an incredible elder of our people, but you're also a Bunwurrung, Jaja, Wurrung, Palawa and Yorta Yorta man and, and respected elder, an accomplished author, actor and co-founder of mm. the first Indigenous theatre company in this country. And Uncle Jack is, is a member of the Stolen Generation and was taken from his mother when he was only a few months old. Uncle Jack was put into an institutional care and separated from family and culture. This trauma would heavily impact the course of Uncle Jack's life. Uncle Jack struggled with drug addiction and experienced homelessness. He has been incarcerated 20 times and describes himself as a serial pest. <laughs> Today, Uncle Jack is a respected elder in Melbourne, in Victoria, in the country, and I think all around the world because there are little girls out there that always talk about Uncle Jack in Peter Pan. <laughs> uh, and yeah, what an what a amazing elder and you know, it was a tribal elder that you, you played kind of in that movie. So, mm -hmm. Uncle Jack, we're here to have a yarn about treaty today. Treaty, yes. Um, which, you know, you know that our mob have been talking about treaty for a long, long time. Long, long time. So, can you tell me what treaty means to you? Well, treaty means for me, personally, that um, we would be taken seriously by our parliament that we would be able to uh, seek an audience with various members of parliament, the Premier himself, 
as elders, as leaders uh, in our own right, that we uh, place our concerns before him and our dreamings, mm. our desires. We point out in this treaty process the pitfalls of closing down community hubs around the state and therefore the rise and rise and rise of young and old ones in our youth detention centres and adult prisons mm. and etc. So um, we need uh, a treaty to be able to uh, have a voice in Parliament uh, and I believe that um, Dan Andrews has got to a semblance of treaty. We have a mob that's coming in, the, the mob that treaty, and we have uh, that same mob. Along with treaty comes the um, the stories of of trauma yeah. and etc. So those of uh, us that of the stolen generation, mm. those that uh, have. Um, come out of their addictions, lives of crimes, confront, can front Parliament and tell their stories. And that's part of the treaty process too. Having a treaty can be a big measure of healing for um, Victorian Indigenous people and indeed for the, uh, for the nation. Mm. So I hear in what you've just said that Maybe it's truth-telling that needs to be part of the treaty journey that we go on. And so why do you think truth-telling should be part of a treaty and why do you think even truth-telling is important? Well, right from the get-go, when I subjected myself to that eight-year process, two of them spent doing one-year jail sentences in documenting the most inappropriate moments of my life you know, showcasing on the, the big screen at Melbourne International Film Festival with Bastardy the Doco, showcasing to white Australian just one stolen person's journey. It was my journey. And it was a measure of healing by 2008. I'd realised that uh, uh, I was outing myself in so many ways that I hadn't thought possible. But there, it's on film. It's a big statement to be made, big, black, bold and brilliant to be able to uh, express your true self the way, uh, the, the way I handled life at that time. Melburnians loved it because they loved nothing better than somebody that's well and truly honest with their weaknesses and so forth. Because there's many people that have shown that this is right, you know, you have to be honest with yourself. If you want to move on, you, 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 you can't hide it. You have to be honest. Yeah. And that's, uh, so, so do you think in that, that instance that you took people along on the journey, yeah. that they felt part of it, which oh, yes, also yeah. allowed them to be open and, yeah. and to understand the struggles of yeah. a lot of our people? And there's nothing like somebody coming up to you bouncing when I'm having a latte at Friends of the Earth or across the road at Roses having a latte and somebody will bounce up real super excited, young or old, you know, tripping over themselves mm. to tell me, Uncle, I'm off to methadone, thank you very oh. much. I told them how to get off it. Take charge yourself, go and see your doctor. Yeah. Tell your doctor that you intend to take charge of your dosage and when you take your doses. So come in every, I'm gonna come in every second. So tell the chemist too of yeah. your intentions 
and wean yourself off in your own time. It took me two years to jump off the methadone after I came out in 2005. That same two years, I finished off the documentary Varsity. Mm. I did the Elder Leadership Skills course yep. uh, in various uh, venues uh, in the States uh, with Choco and that. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah. so there, you, there you go. This allowed me to uh, take a step back mm. because I was preparing myself to be you know, uh, uh, the Muramali program in that had worked, Lorraine Peters and her daughter Shan had worked a treat with me. So they were the ones that uh, uh, forced the penny to drop for me. So I came out expressly to be a key player in the humanities. And to create a space and to allow healing from a safe space that was created and to create that safe space we have to deal with some of the hard truths yes yes yes. and and truth telling so so, so treaty is design you know in, in, in approaching treaty we have to express our desire for the state to uh trust us we're aboriginal (laughs) <laughs> it should be on a T-shirt. Trust me, I'm Aboriginal. <laughs> and, and, and so the point is, we put across to them the evidence that we can understand why you closed certain organisations down. And me, as an old thief, we cry loudest when we see injustice, especially mm. black money being feathered in uh, mm. uh, people running those organisations in their nest. And that, so you think uh, Treaty will fix it? I think Treaty will fix it because we'll point out that uh, let's go for a new, a new program. Let's fund, uh, give us buildings, small towns. We can talk, you can talk the local councils into giving us one of their empty buildings so that people coming out of Malmesbury having done time, the young ones or the older ones coming back into their community of Horsham, and Shepherd and Maroopna, Swan Hill and that, we need to really thoroughly invest in solid edifices designed specifically for sanctuary, a hub for people to gravitate towards, to have the cottage industries invested in there, to have meeting rooms in there, yes. professionals like coming in and talking. Like the old days. Like the old days, like Jan Chessels had set up and that. Uh, I've been, that's why I wrote it in my play, Jack Charles versus the Crown, and that I wrote this very notion that I was, the the audience in the second or third act became the High Court of Australia, and I was pleading to have my criminal record expunged, uh, Your Honour, so that I can uh, reconstitute the new Nindabaya workshop co-op. <laughs> really? And it, that's what I, I, I miss, wrote. I miss that uh, um, oh, yes, Nindabaya uh, club. So I have been ever since, uh, you know, 2010, I have been pushing to, uh, re, you know, reconstitute uh, community hubs. I believe it'll keep people out of jail because I believe local police would rather, you know, deliver uh, some upstarts rather to the community hub, you know, there'll be beds there. This is, it's got to be a 24-7 measure. So It'll be the centre of excellence yes. for Indigenous people. Yes, and, and when I say like the old times, it's, it's 
it really comes back to self-determination and Aboriginal people making the decisions for with Aboriginal people. The top-down approach from government and you know all the ideas that comes from them about how we should live our life yeah, yeah, yeah. hasn't worked no. for 200 years, yeah, yeah, over yeah. 200 years. So when we talk about the old days, and Uncle Jack and I, for the listeners out there, um, have known, as I said earlier, he's known me for all my life. Uh, but back in the old days, we had those hubs. We had the Nindabaya workshop yeah, where yeah. I myself um, used to learn how to burn boomerangs. That's with right. The burner. Yeah, 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 yeah. And On we the used three to make fly boomerangs. Yes, <laughs> and we used to make clapsticks. Yeah. And we used to sit around with Aunty Jan and we'd learn about our history and yes. our culture. And we'd go into primary schools and yes. etc. Yes. That was one hub. We also had the Fitzroy Stars Aboriginal Community Youth Club Gymnasium yes. where yes. a lot of our young fellas went in there and um, Uncle Jock would get them off the street if they were rowing and he'd yes. take them into the gym and say, nah, you've got to have a row in the boxing yes. Yes. ring. Punch that bag instead. And then we had the Aboriginal Health Service down the road yes. and that was a place where you could get a feed and, and connect with community. It wasn't about health, it was about a holistic, yes. bringing people together and healing holistically. Exactly. Then we had the park mm-hmm. and we'd go up and look after all the parkies mm. and have barbecues with the parkies. So that we had hubs mm. and created safe spaces for our people. but. Those decisions were made by our people. And so is that what you'd like to see again through a tree? Reconstituted though, but this time run with a uh, particularly uh, Black Watch on the Auditor Generals also, the Government Auditor Generals and the Black Watch on Finance with Black People, you know, uh, keeping, keeping, uh, you know, Black Watch on Finances and etc. And also to, uh, to follow through with programs, people coming out of jail need assistance, need probably we should be visiting people before they come out, finishing their time, asking them, do you think you're safe enough to go back into your community? You know, are you you powerful enough to knock back the welcome home whack from your peers, from your brothers and sisters? from your father and mother, from your uncles, yeah. from your granddads, yeah. you know, from your peers, yeah. and etc. So uh, we need places designed specifically, sanctuaries, uh, buildings for these people to gravitate towards. You know, even here down in Melbourne, if, we, if Yarra Council gave us a building down here, it would be run where, uh, by Aboriginal people, but We'd allow people, anybody, absolutely, to come in, absolutely, because people, we've always been like, that. and we'd apprise those young ones and the older uh, African Australians come along to the yes. uh, the Nindabai workshop, Mark Two. Yes. If you want to get on the pottery wheel or do some woodwork, sheet metal, anything. That's right, pottery wheel. It's the first yes. time I touch a pottery wheel. Yes. Uncle Jack, how do you think it would have impacted your life if we had a treaty? Um, From what you know, about I don't a think I would have done much, you know, as much jail time. I think that uh, uh, the penny would have dropped earlier 
by accessing somebody in a building designed for us to gravitate towards, the hub, the community hub, and that we have people giving sage advice mm. to those that they know full well are on the edge of mucking up again. Yes. And we know who yep. is likely to muck up. Yep. And so you give them sage advice. You give them a chop out and you give them certain words can be spoken. Not every, uh, the same words can't be used for everyone else. Mm. You have to work on the individual. Mm. You have to know them. That's right. You've got to take the time. Yes, yes. And you've got yes. to build the trust. And, and that's the way I've been working since I've come out. Mm. I've worked with the um, with the, the would be could be gangster cousin dealers <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, as you do, you know, because yep. they're all proud that I've stopped. Deadly. And they're pretty happy with it yes. because you know I'm performing on stage or in front of a camera with no stage. no drug enhancements anymore. Yeah. Tending them with honesty and integrity, and that's what I tell them. Deadly, deadly. It just gives people hope, you know, yeah, yeah. and it's inspiring to have an elder like yourself share their story of struggle and, and how you were able to overcome that and how you want to reach out to everybody else, yeah. all our mob that are experiencing yeah. the and same treaty, thing treaty and going through tough also, yeah. And treaty, Lydia, also means that um, this mob here allows the likes of myself to come in with the Wurundjeri mob and other elders here in Victoria giving evidence that that series of inquiries a couple of years ago as to the reason why we believe that certain criminal records could be expunged yes. within the space of three, five and ten years for some individual three months yes. and that. And I was there for the reading in the lower house. Mm. And I then I went that. away for re to rehearse black ties. That's right. Then, and then while I, when I came back, Fitzroy Free Legal Service, Megan Fitzgerald rang. Oh, yes, I know Megan. Super excited and said, Uncle Jack, you've had a win. I said, yeah. what? Daniel Andrews put his own bill in. He's calling it the spent conviction scheme. So I zoomed immediately into Malmesbury, told those kids, and then into Fulham and Barwon and told those gentlemen down there deadly. that there can be a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, deadly. If you choose to see the light, though, yeah. are you black enough to see the light, fellas? Yes. That's what I tell them. Yeah. And that's, so that's part of the treaty, mm. is that that's part of the, the treaty process mm. that you allow elders because years ago, governments, federal governments even, were saying we need the elders to tell us mm. where to go, what to do. Mm. So for me and what Uncle Robbie Thorpe always says, is treaty is about peace. Oh, yes. Yeah. We yeah. need peace. What is that? I'm absolutely at peace now because I know with this treaty process that's happening that I've already been a, a given a leg in the door. I'm on first name's terms with the Premier of Victoria. He's come and seen black ties <laughs> and he laughed his tits off. He really enjoyed <laughs> it him. and that, you know. It is pretty funny. I come and so yes, see yes. it too. So, so he's, he's, he's up for this other conversation, I believe. Excellent. To, uh, to let's, let's try a new round under this treaty process. And let's not leave anyone out, hey, no. because we also know the Victorian treaty process isn't perfect and there's a number of mobs that aren't 
included in it. Well, I didn't know that, mm. and uh, that surprises me. Mm. And uh, I, uh, I, I will, uh, I will gently waggle my finger and uh, stamp the foot, we, and we point the bone at this behaviour well, that people are left out of the loop. Yes, because I've been left out of the loop. It's been some years. It's only because that uh, my longevity in the performing field has led me to be taken seriously, uh, but. To be taken seriously as as a, a member in the humanities is another thing. I can be respected and honoured for my longevity in the performing arts mm. and that, but to be a U-Butte elder statesman, you know, trying to put across, you know, seemingly outdated ideas and that, you know. Mm. Well, yeah, that's. You know, if we're going to talk about a treaty for the whole country, um, then we also have to learn from the the state treaties. And at the moment we have Victoria, we have Queensland, and we have the Northern Territory talking about treaty. And and in Victoria, uh, since they began, they haven't included the 38 nations yet. and uh, so uh, uh, I need to understand the reasoning behind yeah, uh, so uh, I, well, the exclusion. So we have, you know, obviously the 38 nations, 38 language groups in Victoria mm. uh, and only, I think it's six, are recognised by the government um, as part of the registered Aboriginal party process. Mm. Um, a native title process and because the rest of the clans and nations aren't recognised by the government, they haven't invited them to the table. Ah, right. Okay. And so the argument is, Uncle Jack, do you have to be recognised by the government? Do you have to be a native title corporation to be recognised by the government? No, you shouldn't have to be. You shouldn't have to be. Uh, the map speaks for itself. Take it from the map. Uncle Jimmy Berg and all those people that set all this up and put that up there, he has to be honoured and respected. That map is where you start from. So you don't exclude anybody. And Uncle Jack's talking about a map of, um, well, there's a map of Victoria, of all the different nations and clans. Yep which clearly says that there are 38, but through the treaty process and through truth-telling, we might discover more. Who knows? Yes, yes, yes. So we have to leave... There are some that can be left out of the loop and et cetera. You've got to remember that uh, the Victorian Native Police Force had a big hand in eradicating the small pockets of uh, parcels of land that squatters needed to be shot of Indigenous peoples, and so they were killed outright. Many of them are in the state of Victoria, were uh, massacred, yes. and etc. And these have uh, there is an imprint on 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 the land of their existence, but not in the written texts. Yes, that's something that I think, and I'm sure you would agree that if we're going to have a treaty, all family clans yes. and nations need to have a real genuine conversation about what it means for them. 
We can't have the deadly big leaders saying we want all of these things if they haven't spoken to the people who it's Mm. going to ultimately affect, Mm. right? Mm. So Yorta Yorta run at the table. Mm. Aren't they? No. Mm. Um, And Bitterwall mob aren't at the table. Mm. So there's a number of mob Wamba Wamba aren't. So so it needs somebody to organise an incursion into the minds of these people that from these areas as to uh, uh, what's holding you back. They want to be part of it, but they're not... They don't want to be recognised by the government either, see? Oh, right, they are yeah. their own sovereign clan and yeah. sovereign nation. Yeah, well, so, yeah, it has to be eventually acknowledged by the state of Victoria, the government, you know? So that's going all... to be one of the difficulties, hey, with treaty yes, across yes, yes. the country. You've got to realise that... that there are 38 of us. Yeah, but that, also across Australia. More, the yes. whole country. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. We ha- mm. You know, and that's what we're talking in the context of yes, here. Yeah. Well, it never country. happened with uh, ScoMo and company and uh, the uh, the uh, country party. Why not? Why don't you think it's beyond, our current It's Prime beyond Minister? their ken and we're too much of a serious threat to them, etc. Why because do you think that? Because we might stop them. You know, we might Im- be empowered down the track to stop them. From uh, digging from up uh, that black coal and uh, poisoning <laughs> the world and indeed, you know, stopping uh, a future growth, uh, you know, with windmills and et cetera and electric cars. And I know that ScoMo is jumping on the bandwagon with electric cars just recently and that, and of course he has every right to do so, but um, it's, a, um, um, it's a piecemeal gap the way he, he's gone about it and that, you know. We need these electric cars to be cheaper, uh, but they've made them expensive. Yes, well, hopefully the more people, you know, the more rich people that buy them, they can start making cheaper cars for everybody else. Well, I ride an electric bike. I know, you are. Everybody knows I'm a green black fella. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably more of a greener black fella than I am, Uncle Jack. (laughs) So, Uncle Jack, um, let's give you the job of Prime Minister right now. And you've said, right, we are going to have a treaty in this country. And the first thing I'm going to do is... Recognise everyone that's on the map of Australia, all the Indigenous clans and mobs and that that are on that map of Australia and those that are seeking to be placed on that map of Australia belatedly, let's include them too because Australia would be, uh, it would be an asset for Australia to actually recognise the true history. Each state has got its own unique stories to tell. And uh, it should be bled onto our state schools curriculum. As Prime Minister of Australia, I would insist that the Federal Education Minister uh, places on each state schools curriculums their truth in history. Some of that truth is, is understandably horrific, but there's still very many good stories amongst that. 
and that. But we need truth in history. We cannot hide. Every other country in the world that has had wars have had truth in history, bled onto their state, onto their schools' curriculums about why Germany went to war, Japan went to war, Croatia, all these warring countries now teach their kids the beginning how these wars started and etc. So that means that you would be the first Prime Minister ever to say, I'm not going to lie anymore, I'm just going to tell the truth from now on. You have to tell the truth because it's, it's, it's about time. Australia is ready. I know that many Year 12 students and that are hungry, primary school kids are hungry. Uh, they want to know upon whose country that school, that primary school, that college, that university yes. is cited on. Yes, yes. Treaty is like a blank canvas. We could rewrite the Constitution. The Constitution is racist. It was written by, you know, a bunch of old white fellas who didn't even think about women in those yes, days. It needs so to be reconstituted. We could reconstitute the Constitution, make it we can blackify it a blackify, bit, blackify. which would mean that it would give equality to everybody. Yes, it would create a safe environment, look after country and water, and it would empower the most disempowered people in the country, and it is the first people of these lands. Mm -hmm. So, Uncle Jack, what is the role of non-Aboriginal people in a treaty process? Um, Why am I hesitating? <laughs> uh, because somehow or another, some part of me believes that um, uh, government is white, government mm -hmm. is white, and so consequently, it's going to be a humongous hurdle to jump over. Mm. And uh, the only way we can jump across is by having white people side with us, genuinely side with us. And the numbers are building. Mm. We are being taken seriously by a large portion of white Australia. They want to know, you know, why is there so many young kids roaming the streets, mm. not being looked after? You know, for instance, the Larrakia mob up there, mm. you know. Archie and I went and spoke to those uh, Dondale kids and said, we understand what's happening. The state isn't allowing local Larrakia elders into Dondale to start working on the trams and trains, the brains of those kids, and etc. And we need places outside for them to gravitate towards when they come out. Again, those a hub. You know, uh, but yep, uh, the Northern Territory trouble uh, government is that uh, you know it doesn't want to have a bar of anything like this. No. So, uh, like the uh, you know uh, the original uh, two, Pricey and uh, and that other bloke, uh, the uh, Chief Territorian or whatever it is. I think he's retired down here in country down here. Saw him on a train. So oh. he's, he's anyway. Um, they still have the attitude uh, that they should be uh, thrown in jail and just left there in the youth detention centre and left there. 
I mean, they need them to become dedicated recidivists. Every jail, every institution, every youth detention centre needs those kids to be dedicated recidivists, to keep on returning. They can't There's money function. involved too. Hey? There's a lot of money involved for the There's a lot of money, so, so, you know, Treaty could be a very, a big threat to the prison industry and etc. So, so getting back on to whitefellas and getting whitefellas involved and supporting, do you think a treaty is, is just going to be good for blackfellas? I think it'd be good for the nation. Why? That, uh, that we, we, we have a full understanding of uh, where we intend to go. Mm. We are now recognising Mm. All these clans that are placed on the map of, of Australia mm. uh, and uh, acknowledge their history and um, that many of the generations that are floating in our communities nowadays are from these places and um, many of them are uh, suffering. Yeah. Many of them are homeless. We can stamp out homelessness, the overflow of prisons, if we had the assistance of white people in particular to allow us to go through this treaty and understand what treaty really means. So there's a lot of people I know that are dead set, Jack, look, these treaties are meant to be broken. Yes, but can we for once in 2022, for instance, develop a treaty where it can't be broken, where it won't be broken, where we deal yes. with that, each other with honesty and integrity. Yes. This is an opportunity of the 21st century. We can have a treaty of the 21st century mm. by learning mm. from our brothers and sisters internationally mm. who have had treaties broken. Yes, yes, yes. And but we still can put safeguards. They've got, uh, they've been economically empowered. They're not, it's not perfect. No, not perfect. There's no, a very no, no. high incarceration rate in New Zealand. Canada. Maori people, yes. So we, you know, through that journey and through the truth-telling is also looking at what others are doing internationally, mm. learning from that and creating this um, this new nation yes, in yes. this country yes, yes. where we can in liberty and dedicated to the cause that all men yes. were created equal. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So... Uh, so, Treaty, from your standpoint, why are you pushing this, Lydia? Well, Uncle Jack, it's something that um, I've been hearing a lot of since I was a, a little kid, you know, when our old people used to have meetings in the, in the builders and the health service and at the uh, embassy in Canberra. And your brother too. And, and Uncle Rob. <laughs> and it's just something that... Um, I've heard our people calling for for decades and decades throughout my life and uh, I believe that it will create peace in this country. I do believe that it is a blank canvas and that we can rewrite the Constitution so that it is more inclusive and that it has more protections around cultural heritage and land and water, but also treaty fundamentally is an agreement. It's a, it's a peacemaking an agreement mm -hmm. between two sovereigns. 
Now, we are the sovereign people of these lands. We've never ceded our sovereignty. Never. We've never given it up. Right. And we've never ever had any agreement in this country to settle this country, mm. to settle the lands. Uh, so the other sovereign is the question. Now, the Queen says that she's sovereign and the Queen's representatives who came here and set up the parliament here and the government here, they now say that they are sovereign. So the heart of treaty is about two sovereigns sitting at the table equally to negotiate a way forward for this country. Oh, wow. Perfectly said. And, and, and when I say equally, we can't be experiencing deaths in custody. We can't be experiencing the removal of our children. We can't be experiencing the destruction of our land and then be expected to sit equally and negotiate equally when we're traumatised from the continued oppressive regimes of the colonial project yeah, yeah. that we're dealing with. So we want the government and we want the, the so-called other sovereign to stop, stop killing us, stop taking our children, give us a break from that so we can negotiate a way forward in this nation where everyone can celebrate who they are here mm. rather than have this continued divide uh, that we've experienced since uh, 1778, yeah. you know. it's We've never been able to bring this country together. No, no. And blackfellas can do that. Mm. We're conciliatory people and we're prepared to sit at the table and negotiate a settlement. We're, we even might be prepared to negotiate sovereignty. Maybe we share sovereignty, but what does that mean? Does that mean that we're going to share our sovereignty and get nothing and continue to be treated we're, like we are? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're almost there. I mean, at every uh, state building, every federal building, uh, have uh, the three flags flying, and that that's a uh, uh, that should be the the way that we're thinking. Uh, etc. And that, you know, that is... but I would like to get rid of that confounded union, Jack. Well, that so that's be part of that. That's part of the that, part of the, the treaty. Right. We have to get rid of that union, Jack, etc. Well, Uncle Jack, I think we'll um, end it there. Yeah. And um, I just want to say thank you so much. But before we do go, just on your last words there. Let's negotiate removing the Union Jack from yes. our flag. Yes. Well, let's put that on the, the negotiation yes, table yes. and yes. Let, let's, let, let's invite all of our listeners here today mm -hmm. to start writing their list mm -hmm. of what they'd like to see in a treaty in this yes. country. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So thank you. Oh, it's um, been a pleasure, Lydia. Love yeah, yarn and with yarn. If you <laughs> see Uncle Jack out there on his scooter, on his electric scooter with his uh, fluoro jacket, <laughs> uh, make sure that you 
uh, either bit the horn or give him a wave and make sure he's very safe when you're doing it because I'm sure you've... Um, you're don't so fr- popular. Don't frighten me. No, don't frighten me. So thanks, Uncle Jack. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Lydia, coming in here of all places, Treasury Building and uh, having a natter to you. You know, these are dreamings of mine, you know, put across to you and you're thinking very similar thoughts to, to the way I, I think too. People in our position, we are the ones that are, are pushing to heal the country, to heal uh, our people, to heal the land, to heal the nation. That's all we want. We want peace. We want our Mother Earth to have peace. And we want everyone to love each other again, look after each other. We're going through a pandemic. We have to start caring for each other and and looking after each other like our old people taught us. Well said, Lydia. All right. Thank you. Thank you. If you have been inspired by anything you've heard in this podcast, check out the show notes for ways to continue your learning and how you can take action and be part of taking this country forward. podcast is authorised by me, Senator Thorpe, at 4 Treasury Place, East Melbourne, Victoria 3001.